0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of getting hammered with me mary Catherine ham and my buddy vic mattis how you doing vic
1: i'm doing just fine a little wheezy but i promise you it's from fall allergies mold ragweed something or other sure yeah no sure really i swear it's also this is a challenge because it's also cigar weather now right it's become a fall, false <laughs> so i want to do that but i don't know what's so you, gonna happen i
0: mean you know what i like that you combine your fall allergies with your cigar it's a really
1: seasonal my eating yes. my drinking and smoking but no i don't smoke as you know uh, if you go to the doctor's office, they ask you,
2: you mm-hmm. know, do
1: you smoke? And I don't know if that counts. Like if I have one, do you have to admit that? And if you do, does that change everything? I don't Health think, insurance? I don't think
0: there are any rules, man. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to tell them nothing. Do, do you, this is my, my libertarian streak. I had a, I had a worksheet for my impending kids, uh yes. birth certificate the other day that they gave me from the state. And it has all this information requested and I'm blithely filling it out because I'm, I'm a bit of, I kind of like yeah, a form. You, yeah, I'm like, oh, Phil, I know the answers to these questions. This is easy. I'm going to kill this Scantron. And then I get halfway through it. I'm like, why do they... They don't need this
1: information. They want everything. Do you Do you smoke a cigar yourself? Have you ever...
0: I have. I have. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm from North Carolina. Uh, sure. So everyone from <laughs> North Carolina has used tobacco right, that's right. habitually at some point. In fact, in North Carolina, at the beginning of uh, the rollout of vaccines for COVID, one of the rules they made was that you could qualify early if you had smoked at some point. And I was like, well, that's the whole state. That's just the entire state. That's impressive. <laughs> and so, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I got my hair did. Oh, yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> Sorry, as a guy, there's a delay there. No, I like... <laughs> uh, uh, yes.
0: It's fine. It's yes. fine. So I never change my hair. I never change my hair.
1: You're talking about in terms of style, length, or color? I,
0: based, all the above. Oh, okay. I just let it grow because mainly because I'm lazy and cutting your hair and coloring your hair requires maintenance and you got to make appointments and you got to go back and most importantly you got to pay somebody to fix it and I am very cheap and so I don't like to do any of those things but I thought before this baby comes I've got like I had middle of my back long pandemic hair doing nothing just just hippie brown hair everywhere when it was nice, it looked nice, but it didn't look nice all the time. I was like, I got to chop some of this off. It's going to get in the way. So I go and I think, well, maybe I'll color it. That's, that's adventurous. <laughs> I'm going to go for something. And I did. And I found out that the reason that I co- color my hair once every 15 to 20 years is to remind me, I really like my natural color. <laughs>
1: Ah. <laughs> uh, so uh, it, it's lighter. That's it's what lighter. I'm noticing. Your hair is lighter than like, some see, blonde that's, is, would on, you call them
0: highlights? Yes. On what? a man scale, yeah. that's a pretty good that's an answer. Like you've <laughs> you've nailed it. Yes. Um it's a little lighter than I would have liked. I would or then no, it's a little lighter than I I need some time to get used to it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to let it mm-hmm. sit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm a I identify as a brunette <laughs> in a very real way. Yes, yeah, that's why
1: right. you're very dark hair.
0: Yes. And I usually have very dark hair. So we we shall see. We're gonna we're gonna let this settle in. Good for you. A change is fun. Uh, my husband, <laughs> my husband bless his heart, He just like he clearly likes it better, darker. <laughs> and I'm how like, did, how
1: do you know that? What did he yeah, say? No,
0: he basically just, says he it, just said it, which is fine. <laughs> I'm like, I kind of agree with you. Um, but
1: he's so brave.
0: He, I know. Well, he's a brave man. Yeah. Uh, he also he made a good point to me about. I don't want to go all men are from Mars, women are from Venus, but We communicate differently. Um, He said, He said, I don't, it does feel like there's a little bit of a trick in life where if I were to say, Hey, uh, your arms look great, like bigger because you've been going to the gym, you've made progress, you would get mad at me because the original arms were allegedly not good enough. Oh, right? sure, Sure. However, if you get your hair changed and I say, I really like the original hair, that also gets me in trouble because I don't like the new hair enough. And I was like, I'm not going to get mad at you for either right now, but that is a good point. It is, is an astute point. He is
1: so observant. He is so <laughs> observant. Uh, I had lunch with uh, an old friend uh, who I haven't seen in a long time, Ulf Gardski, who's back in town, and he's German. And he said to me, he he brought up twice... That I have more gray hair, you know, because I haven't seen him in a couple of years. He went away for during COVID. He went away, but he's back. And he just said, oh, yeah, and more gray hair. So he kept on bringing it up. And I just kept on thinking, do I need do I need to dye my hair? And if so, maybe I get one of those brushes. There's a brush you can yeah, use. You can do the so little very gradual minimal just so you, for men. I right. Like right that. Minimal yeah, just yeah. for men. So I'm not like not like going to be like the guy from Squid Game when he dyes his hair at the end. We yeah, just saw I'm- that one. <laughs> It was very no, disturbing.
0: No. That was a lot.
1: I don't know what happened. That was why a lot. Why did he lot. do that? I don't know why. I'm so not.
0: I wasn't a fan. It yeah. was like sort of an anime look by the it end. It was
1: very... But maybe that's what they do over there. Well, over I, there. Didn't,
0: I didn't go that dr- drastic. And the okay. colorist was very skilled. It looks very yes, natural. Yes, it's subtle. It's natural. Uh, it just is... It's new for me. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's nice to realize that that the lazy version of my hair, I like. So... <laughs>
1: That's fine. Either way, look, it it looks so natural no one can tell.
0: Anyway, now I'm now I'm really but I am really ready to go to a pumpkin patch and wear a flannel shirt because with this hair, that's that's the look. Yeah, you own it. That's Good. that's the look. Um we got news today on oh, getting boy. hammered. We also need a name for our minions. We should think about that. Uh-oh, now that our, now oh, oh, Now that we're gathering yes, fans. You can't use
1: minions. That's copyrighted by several.
0: <laughs> now that we're minions. gathering fans, yes. we need to think of a That's name. Right. So let's That's brainstorm right. on that. You guys can send us some ideas. Um, we got news today. My my gears are grinding, Vic, over the cancel culture. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, mean to be a cliche, I, I, I was, but I am I annoyed. I so
1: 2020, but it's still going on, actually. No, no, no. Yeah. So
0: I – so. Oh, I've got to plug my book. I wrote a book called End of Discussion, available at Amazon.com, about cancel culture before it had that name, uh, about the inability to have these conversations Mm and how uh, increasingly, especially in universities and elite institutions, the ability to have conversations across partisan or ideological lines was just getting worse and worse. Now, my co-author Guy Benson and I always joke that it's good for the book, but terrible for America that this has gotten far worse. That's right. Since we wrote the book in 2015. Uh, Case in point, Dave Chappelle's comedy special on Netflix. We are on week three, I think, of a news cycle.
1: It hasn't subsided.
0: Yes, about a comedy special because Dave Chappelle in his last special did some comedy about the trans community. Using letters. The trans community is uh, vocal and very active when it comes to the way that people talk about that community. So they rose up after that special, got mad at him. Mm -hmm. Netflix, of course, has paid him gajillions of dollars to do a series of specials. And they are making bank off of it because people like Dave Chappelle because he's one of the greatest comedians of all time. He took some jabs in that special. The community got mad at him. And at this point, he decides in his new special, he'll do it again because... Of the attempted canceling right. last time,
1: right? That's right. So the, the pressure is not actually forcing him to become contrite. It's not forcing him to have a conversation, if you will, which is what they want, is the conversation and the eventual re-education. But rather, yes, he's just going to go – he's going to uh, double he, it.
0: Yes. He, he he goes the other direction. And I, I think it's important – most people would, I think. I think it's important for people like him to attempt this because he is sort of uncancelable. He's so powerful.
1: You say this now. Wait till till next week.
0: (laughs) Well, he's walked away from, this is the end of his Netflix deal. He takes all the money. He goes back to Ohio where he Mm -hmm. lives in the the real world. Mm -hmm. And he says in the special, a great sentence that all of us should keep in mind at one point. He says, apparently after the last special, uh, I got uh, taken down on Twitter, but I don't give an F because Twitter's not a real place. That's right. (laughs) And that is a thing yeah. that many of us should remind ourselves. That's right. Um, so he's going to go live in the real world. The f- The backlash is now on Netflix. Should you have this content on your platform? It is literal violence. It's not. Speech is not violence. There was a protest uh, yesterday yes. at Netflix yes. headquarters. The CEO, who originally very concisely and I think
1: Ted Sarandos, he held his Sar- ground.
0: Yeah, he he held his ground more than I would have imagined in yes. this case where he said he said in fact uh content on screen doesn't directly translate to real world real real world harm, I can say words, which is the allegation of many 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 people. Right. In these sort of woke cancel
2: that, right. culture
0: is that is it the words are violence? Well, they're not, they're jokes. <laughs> so, he stood up for it, but yesterday the pressure continues to build and he says well, I screwed up when defending the special. He did not. He did not screw up. And now he says he should have he should have focused on the humanity of the people who were upset.
1: is that Is that an answer you think that he lawyered up uh, in response, or is this just him sort of shooting from the hip and saying, "I need to do something quick?"
0: I think he might be spending too much time on Twitter, which is not a real place. So the right. pressure is building in his own head in his own head. Um,
1: but he looks also, out the window
0: right. But I also think strategically, and they've had several instances of of, of employees bursting into meetings and being mad about this, uh, walking off the job, tweeting about it. I think it's strategically a bad idea because mm-hmm. the second you give an inch, they're going to look for a mile. It's not that's right. That this is the way, and I mean just like general cancel culture. No,
1: the, the apologies never end.
0: Yes, and this so. is this is why I, I wrote in the book. End of discussion. Available on Amazon.com that Joan Rivers was great in this way because she would not give anyone the yeah. next news cycle. She would tell a joke. People would tell her she was a terrible person for telling this joke. And she sometimes would the say, jokes were terrible. Yes. And she would say, you know what? Sometimes I tell those jokes. I'm a comedian. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. And they'd say, apologize. And she'd say, no. And then they don't know what to do. There is no yeah. next step. So unfortunately, I think he has...
1: Once you open it up.
0: He has opened up mm-hmm. the possibility that he's going to back down. He says... The special will stay. They paid a lot of money for that special. So yeah, <laughs> I am. I hope it will stay. I hope and it's we getting are... huge
1: ratings because of the backlash, you see.
0: And by, and by the way, I should also say, this is not sort of just like a series of cheap shots with nothing to redeem it. Which, by the way, would also not be violence. Mm-hmm. He calls himself a TERF at one point, which is an acronym that stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. He aligns himself with uh, J.K. Rowling, who is also too powerful to be canceled despite having sort of um, counter woke culture ideas on gender. He yep. says gender is a fact, but what he also does is tell this moving and beautiful story about a trans woman comedian who was his friend
2: mm-hmm.
0: who I don't, am I spoiling its Is it it's three weeks old now? I think it's fine. Yeah. Uh, who committed suicide tragically mm-hmm. and he started a trust fund for this person. They were, they were friends and the fact that they were friends allowed them to learn from each other about their lifestyles and about the various things that they had lived with and oppression they had both faced. But all that is erased. It does not matter. Because yeah. he doesn't say all the right things.
1: That's right. I, it reminds me of uh, Jerry Seinfeld when he explained why he doesn't go to college campuses anymore. Because the students are so easily offended about every little thing. Or as in the olden days, you know, a comedian would go out and offend everybody. Nobody was safe. Uh, Well, and
0: that's what he does. Uh, Oh, and Dave Chappelle goes after a lot of people,
1: absolutely. And
0: there's actually been some funny tweets from celebrities who clearly didn't watch the special Mm. who are like, if he went after this group or this group like this, people (laughs) would be really mad. It's like, oh, he Mm -hmm. did that Mm -hmm. in in the special. Yes,
1: space Jews, you know, things (laughs) like that. It's just, but but no, this one particular group, uh, you're you're not allowed to uh, make any sort of poke any fun at or anything or uh, any sort of comments. Uh, but again, it reminds me of what Seinfeld said, and then after that I rem- what I remember was a student from one of the San Diego uh, universities had responded in his paper to Seinfeld uh, saying that his whole approach was wrong and no it's not that we don't appreciate humor it's that you just have to make fun of the right people yes <laughs> you know
0: it was it was actually one of the unfunniest documents in the history yes. Of writing, and you couldn't believe it, and,
1: and 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 it was not meant as a joke. I mean, no. and they did not even see that this person did not even realize, you know, the irony of this. But it's it, it's sick, and yet things have only gotten worse, unfortunately.
0: So there was a protest outside uh, Netflix headquarters. Uh, some say. it it seemed pretty clear that there was more media than there were protesters. There were also counter protesters who came with such inflammatory signs as as, we like Dave Mm -hmm. and jokes are funny. (laughs) Those, those folks were not welcome at this protest. And I'm going to play you guys a little clip.
2: So here's a group.
0: They're very mad at the, we like Dave guy. They, A guy takes his sign, rips it apart. And after he's done ripping the sign off the little post, the aggressor (laughs) announces, he has a weapon! He has a weapon! Which is the demolished sign that that he he just attacked him and took apart. Um, The irony that this guy who stole this other guy's very chill sign and destroyed it, thinks that he's the tolerant one. Yes. I can't believe people don't see this.
1: I used to say this all the time. You know, uh, you know, uh, they believe in such, st- there's such strong believers of tolerance that they must eliminate intolerance. We, we must not tolerate the intolerant. Right. Right. We have You're the, the ones. You must yeah. be, uh,
0: so. the, the guy with the I like Dave That's sign fine. must be eradicated in order for people to live in peace. Now, there's various celebrities now in the second or third wave of this criticism coming out to say, "Hey, you know, I stand with these uh, with these employees of Netflix and other people who were hurt." Uh, Dan Levy, who is the star of Schitt's Creek, sorry, am I allowed to say that on air? Yeah, no, that's, it's a fine. It's that's fine. S
1: C H I T T. That's fine.
0: Who I really like, but he he says, uh, you know, trans, transphobia is wrong, and this is not a debate. And the end of that is the part that bothers me, because. Nothing's a debate as long as you just say this made me feel a certain way.
1: And then they just end it right there. These people should uh, probably not watch the Eddie Murphy classic stand up oh delirious which he performed uh, just uh, across uh, the way at uh, Constitution here? Hall.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And the funny thing is
0: I need uh, to I mean I need to make a pilgrimage. I didn't know you this. You do. Yes.
1: He I mean you want to talk about jokes against certain communities. Man. I mean, you know, and everyone's laughing it up, you know. because oh, it was a different time, and so you know, people were not as enlightened as they are now. But you know, some of the stuff he has was incredibly funny. Yeah. And, and Eddie Murphy and Raw very, is one of my favorite things, and very offensive. Ever? Yes,
0: which I, that probably makes me persona non grata. Just that I enjoy that special mm-hmm. and know maybe every every word of it what, <laughs> from my eighties from my eighties he, he, uh, he
1: Did incredible and inappropriate impressions, but it was all funny material and. The the crazy thing is, you know, he's over there doing this and it had just happened when they recorded Delirious. It was just after the 84 election and Ronald Reagan had won, what, the 49 out of 50 states. So he swept. And Murphy mentions that, you know, about this huge election and the entire crowd boos Ronald Reagan. It's funny. That's how left D.C. was and always is, I guess. I mean – Things, certain things don't change. A different
0: room. <laughs> right. A different right, room different than room. the... Not reflective of America. No. no, no that room sorry. didn't look like America. No, that's, right, that's right. Another quick story about cancel culture, just because there's there are different stories that I know different people react uh, more strongly to than others. This one really got me because there is no underlying infraction. So at Coastal... You're going to have to
1: explain this because I okay. looked at it and I, st- I had to read it twice.
0: Okay. At cost, Coastal Carolina University, a visiting... Uh, teacher or lecturer was meeting with st- several students of color in a classroom. And those students of color said to this teacher, we would like to meet up with other students in our community to talk about some of the things we go through at school. Great. They brainstorm some names of other students of color that they could connect with. They put them on a whiteboard. Another group of students enters the room and decides immediately that this list of the names of students of color must be nefarious. There must be something going on, and the diversity, diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, investigative team must must get on this.
1: Because they have to do something.
0: Right. So the diversity team gets on this, to their credit, investigates, and finds there's nothing, there's no ill intent here. This is just a list of people who wanted to get together and talk, <laughs> and <laughs> reports this result. Unfortunately, though... In an email that says, we believe it's important to inform the student body that the intent behind the list was as a resource for new students who are looking to be in community with other students of color. This in no way undermines the feelings that any of you feel about this incident. It should have never happened. (laughs) You should never
2: have written names. And the
0: Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee will be discussing with faculty and students the gravity of the situation and how to handle these requests in the future. Nothing happened. There's no danger. There's no ill intent.
1: Much like in the workplace now, it's like the, the inmates are now running the asylum. And so a lot of the older generation liberals are actually quite terrified Because they're surrounded by them. And rather than try to fight back, they know they're going to get overwhelmed by them. And so they just completely cave. Well, well, one professor
0: was not scared
1: by this incident.
0: And in fact said, hey, um, like maybe we're making too big a deal of this. I can't believe people's feelings are getting hurt so easily. Uh, He also makes note of the fact this is in the theater department. He's a theater teacher. (laughs) And he says like, if you're going to go into theater, but I think his point was you got to be a little more thick-skinned than this, and uh, he is under disciplinary for saying that. For saying that, because he invalidated the feelings of people about a thing that did not happen,
1: and no one is noticing that any of this is insane. If you say it's insane, then well, you're not only insane, but you well, need to be. And I don't
0: want to. I don't want to like blow out of proportion individual. Mm-hmm. Incidents, right? But this happens a lot. There's so many that you can't keep track of them. And the theme throughout both well, both of these stories and all of these stories is the inability to have conversations with people, and that we are putting up wall after wall after wall. Right. And it's particularly in elite institutions where those customs will travel out into the rest of the world. That's right. And I have spent my entire life talking to people I disagree with. Yeah. And if we stifle that. The results are bad.
1: The classroom is supposed to be an exchange of ideas. You know, be challenged in your beliefs and challenge their beliefs and enlighten and whatnot. And instead, it's just go into the classroom and please tell me what I believe is right. And that's it. And you're not allowed to challenge any of that. Um, but we, we did this also in the Washington Free Beacon. Uh, Aaron Sabarium, uh broke the story about yeah Law School. You know, and and yes. and, and the Fed sock party where they were going to have Popeyes fried chicken, which I personally love. I know you're a Bojangles person. I
0: can I, I can take Popeyes if okay. I need to
1: in a pinch. I I drive by when we see our uh, my, my brother-in-law's family out out there out there in, uh, past Winchester. Um, there's a Bojangles. I'm always tempted to pull in and see what you see should, what all the fuss is. You should go for it. See I'll, what Mary Catherine's talking. about. I'll give about. you a crib sheet of like oh, it, what, what you need you to order. Okay, yes. All right. yes. Uh, so anyway, but they had. Uh, Aaron Savarian broke the story and, you know, there are people just basically triggered by the fact that, you know, somebody's affiliated with the Federalist Society. Yeah, it's that's where we are. Mm. It's getting worse.
0: It is. It is. It is. And I, what I ar- always argue with college students, because I, I speak to college students and I try to be on college campuses frequently, even though I am in the distinct ideological minority there, is that being around people who think differently from you as with all the arguments you make about diversity of other forms, is very good for you. Exposure. It's good for your brain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's good for friendships.
1: Yes.
2: You
0: can learn things mm-hmm. and change your mind. You could change mm-hmm. someone else's mind. There's a lot to yes. be said for it. That's right. And at the end of the day, I, f- I feel like I'm giving lectures on how to have human conversations. But that's where that's it where feels we are. we are. That's
1: where we are. Because, you know, for them, there's only a, there's a certain level of like parameters for diversity and they rarely include ideological diversity right so as long as you agree with somebody you know god forbid you know you meet somebody who's conservative
0: anyway so i always tell them to be be the weirdo in the room rooms need weirdos that's right say the thing say the thing that other people aren't saying but i understand their fear i i definitely do it's a it's a a strange courage you might write some names on a whiteboard and that's it. End up traumatizing many people.
1: Who are these people? But you know, they're, it starts. It starts. It starts at a very young age. Now, I want so
0: to find a nice way to mm-hmm. say "grow up," mm-hmm. but I don't know what it is yet.
1: Well, the, the, the frustrating thing is, we used to say, you know, well, you when you get out in the real world, you know, you're going to change, or when you get out in the real world, now the That's real world the is now changing.
0: That's the thing. To accommodate and, that, them. and that is what worries me too. Is that the, that these, like I said, these customs follow yes. the students out into workplaces right. and out into That's corporate right. environments. And it can really cripple things and and also make art bad. Like I don't want comedians to have a rote list of things that they must say in literal activist form in order to be okay. Right. I would like a rich story about a person that this person was friends with and that has some interesting implications and we're not sure exactly where he stands or whatever. That's art.
1: It's very controversial.
0: I know. Speaking of controversial, I'm getting into all to all my these are my hot buttons today. We're doing kids, <laughs> kids and COVID in school.
1: <sighs> oh boy, here we go. The high rate. You're going to talk about the high rate. Okay, go ahead. <laughs>
0: no, I'm not going to talk about that. Um, I am going to talk about, uh, and I don't know. I don't know where our audience stands on this, but uh, the White House is rolling out its plan to vaccinate five through eleven year olds for COVID the vaccine is not yet approved for them. They think it probably will be by late October, early November in smaller doses than adults get it. And so they're moving forward with that. The FDA is. But the White House has sort of jumped the gun a bit here and said, we are ready to go. We're working with pediatricians in schools all over the country. They're going to have a campaign to educate parents. All this for a illness that does not really statistically significantly affect children they get it but 50 percent are asymptomatic
1: uh everyone's talking about this study from new england as you know about the number of uh kids under 17 who are hospitalized with covid out of a population and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like seven out of, I think, 10 million or something like that. And everyone's saying, well, you're looking at the numbers wrong, this and that. But the bottom line is it's a very low number. Even if you were to allow uh, make for allowances, it's still going to be a very low number and at the price of having kids vaccinated and, and, and max, uh, masked um, and, and obviously with parents having questions about uh, the right. vaccination. And the, so. the
0: polling is different. It's uh, you know, 30 to 35% of parents say that they will vaccinate their kids immediately A-OK by me. Um, There's another segment that is wait and see. And -hmm. the wait and see plus absolutely not makes up about 60-ish, 65% of the population. I think the White House is smart to deal with pediatricians Mm -hmm. because that is the closest sort of most trusted uh, uh, source for this kind of information. I just, as always with COVID, why do we treat every cost-benefit analysis as if it is the same when they are not the same well for children the benefits are lower and it's not that i don't i don't think it's dangerous i just don't think it's necessary isn't this what
1: joe rogan brought up with dr sanjay gupta yes about the 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 kids and 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 their rate of catching COVID versus somebody in their 50s uh healthy who is also double vaxxed
0: yes and Uh, we should play a clip of that right now
1: theoretically you would be more vulnerable
2: than a young child would be you vaccinated would be more vulnerable of a breakthrough infection than a young child would be statistically speaking right uh, but you're not worried they're about both catch- rare but you're not worried about catching it you're not worried about catching it because you've been vaccinated and you think it imparts a certain amount of protection mm-hmm. what i'm saying to you is i think that not worry is the same feeling that a lot of people have about their children they're not worried about their healthy children catching it for the same reason you're not worried about catching it being vaccinated
0: but no you're right that his argument which is a perfectly sound one mm-hmm. is that if a child is just is is at risk in the same level if not less risk than a double vaccinated adult even mm-hmm. an adult a healthy adult in mm-hmm. their 20s then what are you gaining and i think that is that's something that you should answer for parents
1: you, right exactly and, and and maybe the healthier thing to do is for uh, a child's sort of natural immunity to be able to handle this w- without
0: Yes. Well, oh, you're know. now you're ready. I know. Online. I know.
1: I'm. Gonna, I'm just saying that's what some people are saying. You're saying, say, you're I'm saying just the saying. things. You're I'm saying just, no, no. I'm just saying that's what some people are saying to do this the old-fashioned way, yes. and and and. It, but it leads to the question of testing. Yeah. Right. I just think I just think get, I'm, I'm willing. Want, if, all the kids have to get tested, and uh, and you know, for example, uh, for my daughter who goes to public schools, you know, every morning got to answer that question, uh, yeah. and and does she have sniffles? If so, she might have to get you know get tested.
0: Well, I have. So. Uh, I'm open. I'm open to the arguments about it. I would like this not to be a mandate situation because I right. don't think that the situation for children calls for that, and I think it's hard to make right. that argument. Uh, happy for anybody who wants to to go ahead. Uh, however, <laughs> once again, the CDC is not making the pitch in a really smart way because again, these are not yet approved even in emergency authorization for kids. Uh, Rochelle Walensky was speaking at an event yesterday and was asked by a reporter, so what would a vaccine mandate and uh, requirements for kids on this front mean for masking in schools? And she essentially says, well, you know, they can still wear their masks. Right. For a lot of people, that's not a deal they want. Yeah, maybe just picking up on that, you know, after we have authorization from FDA and recommendations from CDC, we will be working to
1: scale up pediatric vaccination. That said, it will take some time. And as I just noted, as we head into these winter months, we know we cannot be complacent. We also know
0: that um, from previous data that that schools that have had masks in place were
2: three and a half times less likely to have school outbreaks requiring school closure. So right now we are going to continue to um, Um, recommend masks in all schools
1: for all um, people in those schools. And we will look forward to scaling up pediatric vaccination during this period of time.
0: She's bastardizing that mask info and uh, data, uh, (laughs) exaggerating that quite a bit. But uh, let me just add for her forever and ever. Amen.
1: Yeah, that's the the, the goal is forever. And as you know, a lot of societies, they you know, in, in in Asia, that's just just a standard thing. Well, and again, thing. so this, this is, is one of those things normal. where vaccination or masks.
0: masking for your kid, like, as long as you have the option to do that, I would like the option to do other to things. Not do that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's that's what I'm asking, mm-hmm. but that is mm-hmm. not usually enough, and has not they been enough. Just, they
1: should just cut to the chase, which is, you know, please. The message needs to be: get vaxxed and mask up <laughs> forever. That's it. Why why don't we just cut to the chase? Because instead of dragging it out, when are we? No, the answer is never. So that's, I mean, and the next question is, of course, the mandates. When are they going to have the mandates for the schools? And saying that your child cannot come in to a high school and then after that, uh, middle school, and then after that, obviously, if they're going to be allowed for five-year-olds, then kindergarten and up. Well,
0: and again, the cost-benefit analysis for teenagers, different than a five-year-old, right? There are. Greater chances, particularly and for immunocompromised kids and sure, people. Sure,
1: absolutely. Um,
0: you know, I have a friend who's, who's, whose kid survived childhood cancer and he was first in line, yeah, obviously. Right. And I'm open to ideas about like how, okay, how do you mitigate spread? How much spread is there if kids aren't vaccinated? As of now, I'm unconvinced that this is the emergency, especially in highly vaccinated areas already, that requires this and would require a mandate at some point. Although the timeline of the last eighteen months convinces me that it's going to be a real, it's going to be a rocket ship trip from approval to that.
1: Well, you know, I mean, I assume this is what they do in Europe and with the kids, right? They're all messed up over there too. Oh no! Oh right. no! They're no, not. they don't okay. do that. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. Well, just follow. It's continuing to evolve as you. There's ample.
0: Evolving. There's ample evidence that you can run schools without these measures. Uh, I wish we would, because I think it'd be good for kids. I don't think
1: Rochelle Wolensky knows anybody in Europe. So.
0: <sighs> the American Academy of Pediatricians, by the way, yesterday declared a mental health crisis for young people. Yeah,
2: that's right.
0: Would have been helpful if last year they had said, mm, seems like all this Zoom schooling might not be great for the kids. But they took a different tack in schools in America. Unlike every other wealthy country, were closed for the entirety of the year. In many, many metro areas. Not in the whole country, but in many, many metros. Not not great for folks. Uh, And that is the issue that is animating the race we talked about the other day, the Virginia governor's race. Just a quick update on that. Uh, Some new polling that shows it even more neck and neck. Uh, I think most people still say probably McAuliffe is the favorite because this is a bluish state, but that the momentum is certainly – in momentum is very important, Big mo. just like
1: turnout. Big mo, yeah. <laughs>
0: turnout and momentum. Yeah, that's really super important. Of the factors is in favor of uh, of Glenn Youngkin the Republican right now. That's right. And one of the reasons for that is because people have gotten mad about the education issue. Youngkin's improved position is coming from this is from a polling firm a widening partisan gap in voter engagement and a shift in voters' issue priorities, particularly around schools and the pandemic.
1: That's right. And that is from the nonpartisan Monmouth University poll. From my great state
0: so things are things are very close yes here
1: uh, that's that's the thing that he's taken the edge uh over uh uh, uh terry mccall glenn youngkin has on the issue of you know for parents who do you trust more for education and that is a big deal because, because
0: republicans never have the edge in this no by the it, way all it, it took was all, all it took was forcibly closing schools for 18 months for to republicans to get to, a, a, a one point, point lead one
1: point lead, <laughs> one point lead. yes but I mean, it's becoming you know, the case That's, with questions about the economy, right? Right? Uh, it used to be it used to be foreign policy. That's where you know I mean, it was always the Republicans had foreign policy. Right. But now you're adding this also. Um, uh, people are upset, and it's going to be. I mean, everyone's saying it's. I know people uh, who would like Yunkin to win, but they're still saying, "Oh no!" But at the end, McAuliffe was going to win because you know Northern Virginia is just so many people. Although it does again, I said this on the last show. It really depends if they stay home or not. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, but they do feel strongly about these things, and so I don't know if it's tied up. Usually, that works in the Republicans' favor because you always give the Republicans a couple extra points because they underpoll. Yeah, we're, we're missing from these polls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, Not we not enough
0: polls. to be conspiracy yeah. theorists, so but 40, like a little bit. Yeah, it,
1: it was forty-eight, forty-eight in, in a previous poll, and then in the Bomath poll, it's forty-six, forty-six. Throw in a couple extra points that might be all it takes.
0: We shall see. There is right now in the home stretch an ad war going on about the the golden soundbite that Terry McAuliffe gave Glenn Youngkin, which was, uh, I don't think parents should be involved in telling schools what to teach. McAuliffe, after several weeks, decided, oh, gosh, I got to push back on this. So he has a new ad out that says, hey, I was taken out of context.
2: As parents, Dorothy and I have always been involved in our kids' education. We know good schools depend on involved parents. That's why I want you to hear this from me. Glenn Youngkin's taking my words out of context. I've always valued the concerns of parents. It's why, as governor, we scaled back standardized testing, expanded pre-K, and invested a billion dollars in public schools. I'm Terry McAuliffe, candidate for governor, and I sponsored this ad because working together, we can give our kids the education they deserve. So now, the parents are essential. They're
0: essential.
1: <laughs> a firm rebuttal. <laughs> so
2: from Terry McAuliffe.
0: So that's his. That's his add a little bit of an odd approach, as those who work in politics know, because you don't usually draw attention to the thing that is the very good ad. Camp, no, because you're attack clear, ad you're, you're against clearly,
1: you. Because you're clearly playing defense.
0: Right. So, so he's but he put that one out, and Yunkin responds.
2: Glenn Yunkin's taking my words out of context. But something you mentioned in Tuesday's debate is um, you said you don't believe parents should be telling schools what to teach. What did you mean by that? Well, first of all, parents should be telling schools that they want their teachers to be vaccinated. Do you think parents
0: should have a say in the curriculum?
2: You don't want parents coming in in every different school jurisdiction.
0: You alluded to parents staying out of this. Uh, We just want to make sure that we're understanding you correctly. Uh, What is your stance on that as far as what school
2: agendas have to say for the kids? First of all, this is determined by the State Board of Education and local school boards. And that's where it should be. Do you still stand by your position that parents should not tell the schools what they should teach? You do not want 25 parents picking books. Recall us reply. We have a board of ed and we have local school boards who make the decisions about teaching. I'm not going to let parents come into schools. It? I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach.
0: There are seven examples total That's, in the sad.
1: I love the sad for several reasons, if I may. Um, one is uh the background music of Pyrgin's and yes. Hall of the Mountain King. I was just gonna which say is also that. used in the it's, Social Network. It's by the way. doing a lot yes. of work there. I'm I think enjoying it. I think it's the original, not the uh the remake, which was by Trent Reznor. <laughs> in Social Network, but it's a great song because it amps up progressively, right? Yes. Um, uh, and then and then the other reason is the, the needle skipping sound <laughs> effect. It reminds me of the controversial a long time ago. This is this is uh, uh way back in the late nineties. Uh, Paula Zahn, uh, do you remember Paula Zahn? Yeah, of she was course. She was the original Queen of Fox mm-hmm. uh, News. And it was on uh, when she was on CNN and they were rolling out her sort of debut. And it, w- it, it was really crazy because they were talking about like, you know, Paula Zahn coming, you know, onto the show, you know, onto the network. And a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And they literally, if you could find this on YouTube, I wonder. But it, it, the, the narrator says, in just a little bit sexy. And then you have a sound effect like the needle, but it sounds like a zipper. Oh, it sounds no. like a zipper. yeah. And it, and and that was fine. That was fine back then, if you can imagine that now, right? So anyway, I love this commercial. But I, might,
0: all, I might have canceled culture that one. I,
1: I might have I might have produced it. I have to check. Uh but it's uh um it, it, it's <laughs> great wrote because, that ad. yeah that's right. I wrote that ad. I said, please add the sound effect. Uh but the 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 putting just having him speak for himself, it does all the work for him.
0: Yeah, and he did it seven times. So, uh, so that's the that's the battleground right now. And the
1: other thing, of course, is uh, you know him, Terry McAuliffe, saying that. Of course, I think parents should should have a say, and that he has all this faith in the public schools, etc. Of course, his kids didn't go to public schools. No, they but, did not. No,
0: they did not. Uh, there's also a, a little news story out of Richmond Public Schools, which is a the capital of Virginia. It's an an urban area where McAuliffe would expect to do well, uh, and you would not want to inflame the concerns of parents who are mad about school closings. And yet Richmond Public Schools it's doing its part by announcing two weeks before the first week of November that they're just gonna take that week off for the emotional health of teachers. I, yeah. Again, most of these schools in blue areas of Richmond or of, of Virginia have been closed for we're closed for at least a year. And now two weeks before the election, they're like, oh, we're gonna close again. I can't imagine that at McAuliffe headquarters they're like, "Awesome, that sounds great."
1: This, is – yeah, It's horrible. <laughs> because what about the emotional needs of the parents?
0: I know they they're like, "Wait, what? We're what? We're just randomly closing again?"
1: Uh, McAuliffe is. is going very hard on these negative ads. I, I saw several of them while watching a, a show on Hulu, and and in one of the, uh, the McAuliffe ads, you know, the this is a McAuliffe ad where you see the image of the. Uh, confederate statue on a horse being taken away by crane or helicopter. I'm not right, sure. Right. Uh, is that really exciting people to say, oh, well, I got it. I got we got to race on history. I'm voting right. for that guy. Well,
0: the, the attempt is to align Youngkin with Trump in yeah, yeah. any way, oh, shape, yeah, or form. Oh, yeah. There's wrong. a lot of those and ads. so A lot of those uh, uh, I've noticed that when I, and this is very heteronormative, gender normative, everybody get ready, but it's true. When I watch girly true crime and uh, and comedies- on streaming, I get McAuliffe ads, and I was like, "Why haven't I seen any Youngkin ads?" And then I watched football, and I got a bunch of Youngkin ads. But
1: they know where <laughs> they, they know where to go.
0: They have figured out where their where their pockets are. That's all, right. Um, all right, last we have. Uh, oh, this is a question. We don't have to get in the whole thing. Are you going to join Donald Trump's social network?
1: <laughs> I'm trying to get out of all social networks in general. What what is that? You'll have to. Oh, this is his new He's the network. Started, this is not. Our... He
0: started one. It's called Truth.
1: That's right. Truth. Now, do, if you remember, um, people were talking about how Trump was going to use, you know, the presidency as as actually that's the that's the jumping off point to in order to, to launch a network. So I was imagining something along the lines of an actual like a network like Fox, like you remember, yeah, I think he that, had lost that was what I Fox. would.
0: That's what so I, but I guess this, less... this will probably include a lot of streaming content, oh, don't you think? Well. Um, one of the one of the parts of the uh, terms and services apparently is that you can't disparage truth on truth. <laughs> so,
1: you know what he should have uh, done uh, instead. Fox Nation did this is uh, run all the uh, um, the cops TV shows, but yeah. Fox has a complete hold on that. And there was a time where it was just in it. They felt it was not right to be airing it, and they took it off. But right. he could have done that. But anyway, maybe that be
0: that would be a great yeah. start. That's a great launch. All right, and I think we'll. We'll close out today uh, with some wise. Actually, no, two things. With some wise words uh, from Condoleezza Rice. Now, uh, I appeared on The View in September, so technically this means she was on The View yesterday. Condoleezza Rice, Secretary Condoleezza Rice, and I in the same seat, doing the same gig for at least one day of our <laughs> lives. So I've I've skyrocketed in She's- importance.
1: I think she feels the same way.
0: I I imagine I can't so. I can Mary Catherine Ham was here. So Secretary Condoleezza Rice was on The View, and she had uh, some words about, well, they were talking about critical race theory in schools. Uh, but as usual, Condoleezza Rice's thoughts are calm and erudite and lovely. So I just want to give you what she had to say. On the view about this a whole issue of critical race theory and what is and is not mm-hmm. being taught uh, i come out of an academic uh, institution and uh, this is a, something that academics debate what is the role of race and so forth and, and let me be very clear i grew up in segregated birmingham alabama mm-hmm. um, i couldn't go to a movie theater or to a restaurant with my parents i went to segregated schools till we moved to denver mm-hmm. my parents never thought i was going to grow up in a world without prejudice but they also told me that's somebody else's problem, not yours. You're going to overcome it, and you are going to be anything you want to be. And that's the message that I think we ought to be sending to kids.
1: Uh, our producer Alex Nestor, I think she, she started tearing up there. I see, I see it in her eye.
0: Well, she is uh, she is truly, if if you've never read her autobiographies, fascinating. She is a was an early concert pianist prodigy. Uh, she's a criminologist. Uh, she's, a she's a huge football fan.
1: I thought you said criminologist.
0: No, criminologist. Yes, she is. She's a huge football fan. The Secretary of State, obviously. Uh, just an incredible life and a, a Forrest Gumpian life, I would say, where she's had contact with so many points in history and so many figures yeah, in not history, not inclu- including like when she was in college uh, or and living with her dad, uh, Stokely Carmichael. The Netanyahu's, yeah. and then moved on to live this entire public service life. Really remarkable person, I, uh, and you know, <laughs> like I said, sat in that same seat.
1: <laughs> I always wondered what it would be like if she ran for president, and how the other side would go after her. You know, how would you attack? A, it's a Republican, but B, it's it's a black woman. And how would you do? And how would they do that?
0: It's tricky, and she's she's also just clearly smart yeah in the way that she communicates she is
1: so i mean everyone always had questions well where does she stand on uh, you know other issues x y and z and that was always a thing and i don't know why she didn't but i met Condoleezza rice in um at stanford uh, yeah. when we were uh, i was there for a hoover institution thing and she was so impressive and she was i was uh, and and you know she was talking about very serious national security issues and then Somebody wanted to ask about college football, and she had so many thoughts Love on it. that. People want her to be the NFL commissioner. You know, I mean, and I found I found myself really attracted there. That's what I'm <laughs> gonna say. I was ah. I was really drawn to. I can see there, that. I can see that. I was like,
0: there wow. ain't nothing wrong with that. Mm. <laughs> in in my book, ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, we should close with our get to know you. Oh, okay. What should we, what should we ask today? Let me see. Um, oh, this is on my list.
1: I have no <laughs> idea what you're gonna ask.
0: It's I know. Okay. I know. But you're, you're so good off the cuff. Oh,
1: here we go. Yeah. It I actua- just woke up, by the way, the first half of the show, I was still asleep. I don't know if you know that. I just woke up there. <laughs>
0: you're doing great. Uh, thank you. You're doing great. Good morning. Uh, if there were a fire at your house oh, right. <laughs> and everyone and all the creatures were safe, you're, that, that part's taken care of. What's the one item you would save?
1: You know, okay, I've said this before and... I think I'm going to stick with my answer for now, okay. which is kind of. So, speaking of pianos, right? Condoleezza Rice, right? Uh, I I took piano lessons for I think five or six years, and then I continued playing in band in, in school and stuff like that, and was in a band. <clears throat> oh, Not going to get into that when I was a synthesizer player, uh, but anyway, was it slung around right? your neck? No, 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 no. It was a Yamaha <laughs> DX. Twenty one, I think it was, a high, oh it was gosh. pretty we high need, tech. We need it, this it, flock it of seagulls like a, imagery. You, yeah, it's yeah. something. I, I did have my guest denim jacket. Though, oh, so that's so how that dates me. But so good. The, the, one of the things is uh, um, I had a great uh, piano teacher who was very easygoing, Joe Clouser, who's since past years ago. But uh, one of the last things he gave me before I stopped taking lessons was a very old book on Bach, Beethoven and Brahms but they're all the original not original but the actual arrangement so not simplified in any sort of way it's the kind that you would have for concert performances and the kind uh,
0: where the page is almost black
1: yes so yeah it's, it's very it's yellow and tattered pieces fall out every time I use it as sort of my bucket list of songs to complete some of them I have some of them I haven't um, and it dates to 1935. Oh wow! And I think it has it like uh, the price is still on on the back, which is like a buck something. And it has a different price and it says uh, the different price West of the Rockies. It says, which is kind of weird. Anyway, like,
0: like Coors Light. It was yeah, like, that's right. That's right. Market. West
1: of Rockies. Right. 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 Or may the Hellman's right? Hellman's best foods mayonnaise. Okay, so. Um, that book I really prize for different reasons, and I think I take that one out.
0: A surprisingly erudite answer from I know. Vic. From
1: from, from I'm, so I'm, I'm usually such a philistine about yeah. These we things. want to hear more about I your know. Big Macs. The, I, know. Is, I know, I know, I know. It's good. It's good.
0: You're hitting. You're hitting a lot of Thank spots. Thank As I say in fashion, they call it a high low. A high low. Yes. Okay, good.
1: I, yes. I don't really talk about it, but there you go. <laughs> How, it's a very personal episode. How about you, Mary Catherine?
0: Um, so mine would be a. It's an heirloom from my grandmother. Um. So my grandmother, who one of my, one of my children has a middle name, is named after her. Her, name, her. her middle name is Yai, Y-I-E. I know that's crazy. My grandmother's name was actually Mabel Grace, but her nickname was Yai because when she was a child, she would refer to herself as, Yai. Yeah, I want to do this. Yai, yeah, I want to do that. And it just stuck. So when I named my first, I gave her that middle name because no one would know that she was named after my grandmother unless it was Yai. No one knows her name is Mabel. So I went with that. Sorry, kid. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> it's very cute. Anyway, yeah. so uh, that grandmother was an amazing woman, a Navy wave uh, during World War II, uh, married her childhood sweetheart after the war, uh, but he was a an Army Air Corps guy. This is pre-Air uh, pre Force, Army Air Corps, bombardier over Europe, very cool. flew many missions. Yeah. And uh, and came back home, and they got married. When he came back home, he had a a uh, a locket, an army air corps locket that has their pictures in it. And I got that from my grandmother. Which is, thanks, mom. Uh, from my grandmother when she passed away, and I wear it a lot. And I wore it. In fact, uh, it was part of my story. After my husband passed away in 2015, yes. I took to wearing it frequently because she was widowed in her 40s, and I had watched her live her life happily and build new things and raise her kids. And so it was very important to me to have that with me, this example. And so uh, if I, if everything else was safe, all the pictures are in the cloud. We're good to go. I'm getting the locket. That's true. I'm getting the locket. Yai's locket is coming with
1: me. That's great.
0: Yeah. Oh, I made Alex cry.
1: (laughs) Twice in one episode.
0: (laughs) But yeah, she's, she's a Great lady. Great lady. Worth naming your kid Yai for. That's not her first name; it's her, it's her middle name.
1: <laughs> and on that note,
0: <laughs> thank you guys for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at MK Hammer, or you can find me on Instagram, which is like maybe a little bit more fun at MK Hammer Time. Actually, I'm wearing that locket in my maternity photos that I just had done, which I'll probably put yeah, on Instagram. The, the one that you showed me. Yes. 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 I like that one. So you can. I'll put them on Instagram. You can see the one where my dress busts open and the <laughs> normal one. And in that, I'm wearing I'm wearing the locket and also my old hair, which I, as soon as I got the pictures back, I was like, oh, I miss my hair. <laughs> It'll come back. It'll come back. It's all good. This is a Nebulous Media
2: Podcast.